So you know the weirdest thing about Apple TV? What? Well, when you watch one of those shows, they begin the episode with an ad for Apple TV. What do you mean by ad? The same ad you'll see on TV regularly. The one that'll be like, go buy Apple TV today because we have all these... And then they cut to a bunch of shows that they're showing on their platform. It is weird how they're showing you it when you already own it. Like, I... Yeah, I'm paying for it already, or I get the free year of it. Maybe it's banking on you, like, showing other people and then other people being like, oh, yeah, I might go get it or something like that. It just seems like an odd way to spend your limited amount of advertising that you get for that episode. How long is the ad? Can you skip it? Is it, like, Amazon Prime or... Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could skip it, but I I like seeing the little clips. Apple TV's done things like Servant, Beastie Boys documentary, Defending Jacob, which I think could be a follow-up to Killing Eve, just by the title... And it also did that series with Jason Momoa. It has that thing with Tom Hanks coming out pretty soon. Oh, the, the movie, yeah, that's already come out. It's then. already come out? Yeah. yeah. Well, the series that we're reviewing today is called Little Voice. I watched the pilot to it, which was called I Don't Know. And it was, the title is based on the song that she's writing throughout the episode. Right. I, uh, I got this summary from Wikipedia. It says, Little Voice explores the universal journey of finding your authentic voice in your early 20s. Um, is that like a good representation of what the show is basically? That would be a broad way of saying it. It's more about just this one character and her journey to become a singer. Yeah, her uh, actual name is Brittany O'Grady. How Uh, old is she? She is 24 years old and she starred in the TV series Star and she was one of the stars in Black Christmas which came out back in December, the remake. So if she's 24, then she does in her early 20s. Yeah. And yeah, it would fit along and with I, the plot. Did it seem like they cast people around that age? Yeah, everybody was in their early 20s, I'd assume. Um, so we start off the episode with, do you remember episodes, the TV show? Yeah. With Matt LeBlanc? Uh, remember the title sequence has this piece of paper, like slip out the window right, yeah. and fly through the city? Yeah, well, they showed it at the very end, I think, of the whole series, right? Like as yeah, a joke. Yeah. The first scene of this show has that piece of paper like fall in front of her in central park while she's walking a bunch of dogs is this is this still the intro or is this like the first actual scene the first actual scene is like that exact piece of paper like flying through the air and then just falling in front of her <laughs> so and her picking it up <laughs> yeah so it's obviously a sequel to matt leblanc's show and i was just waiting for him to show up again which he never did but david schwimmer didn't either well he um, barely shows up in the first episode so you just have to wait i think of episodes yeah yeah Anyways, we're introduced to this character as she's walking these dogs and also going about her day. We get sort of a montage of her writing lyrics wherever she goes. Um, She's teaching piano. She's teaching guitar or tutoring. So she's really into music. She's a really creative person. I have to ask, before you get into the rest of the episode, did they do something special with the dog scenes? Because even negative reviews of this show, for some reason, love the dogs in this. The like, dogs are pretty cool. It wasn't the fact that she was walking a ton of dogs. She has one dog that she actually owns. It's a lab. And there's my favorite moment of the episode is when she's in a storage facility. And you know those storage carts that you kind of are hard to like move around? Yeah, you have to like, turn them and Yeah, stuff, she yeah. put the dog on it and they were like wheeling it around and that was that was pretty funny to see yeah i I would do that with my dog um if they allowed them that was one of the things these storage facility scenes were very odd in human behavior like people go to a storage facility to just put boxes in there and usually those things are stuffed yeah i mean like dexter used it to like 
kill people, right? Or like, yeah, <laughs> like they're not places people frequent on the regular. But she and well, these lot, other people do. A lot of TV shows do like things to storage facilities that you just wouldn't do. I know that like Donald Glover in Atlanta like was sleeping in his or something for a little while. So yeah. But this is in New York where I don't know if you're going to have a ton of... I, I feel like you'd have security looking yeah. in to make sure people weren't doing that Probably. with the homelessness population. And then also you have these teens hanging out in the storage facility, like just in an open one, making out and <laughs> trying to make it seem like it was this hangout. <laughs> yeah, it's just that I must have missed that part in my youth where it was like, let's all go to... Oh, you didn't on Friday nights go down to the storage <laughs> facility and just hang out? Yeah, armor storage and just open up one Over of those things and be like, and, yeah. yeah, somehow get the code to get in. No, the scene continues, basically the first one, with us getting that montage of her doing a ton of work and just showing that she's super creative. So she's like not only creative as a daydreamer who's always writing lyrics on her hand and stuff, but also she's wearing like a bunch of rings, bracelets, necklaces. Uh, she makes origami. She's, she likes classic movies. She's into theater. So she's really old timey kind of. Um, yeah, I guess. And then she also even owns these like mini Buddha ramekin things. And, uh, <laughs> she's always humming melodies and that's the thing about the show as well is there's always music in the background um it's a melody type thing not always songs or anything but there's always some melody hinting some at thing, what yeah. the emotion that we're supposed to be feeling is kind did of guiding do, us did through. they do a pretty good job with that I, at first i was uh, kind of annoyed by it but by the end of the episode i thought the show had a moment in the episode where it really turned around and became an okay show for me oh, okay what was that moment that was way later on, but oh, okay. I kind of want to get through some other stuff right. first. So to introduce the actual name of the character, her name is Bess. Bess. Yeah. Not Best, which is one of the jokes they make yeah. early on. And that, I think, is also a way of trying to make her really original. Mm -hmm. And I think the show becomes a tryhard in a way because yeah. it overdoes the amount of stuff that she does to show that she is a creative person. Yeah. All right, so she gets to this sjb storage facility and she's playing the piano in there practicing by herself in the storage facility yeah she's <laughs> set up like a little piano room and it at first it's presented as if she's in her apartment and then you realize she's there when she's interrupted by this guy named ethan and she's like oh my god what are you doing here get out of here <laughs> this is my private time in my storage facility it's not her storage facility it's just her locker right. that yeah. she's like assigned to yeah yeah and he ethan's there looking for an extension cord. Why he needs an extension cord? <laughs> we never really learned that. Oh, it's, well, it's more... with the teens and he needs to play his PS4, so. No, he's the one she'll end up walking around the storage facility with and they'll encounter the teens. But he is in the uh, locker next to hers, 322 and 323. And he's also set up shop in there. He, <laughs> it literally looks like a room that he would live in. He has a giant iMac computer next to his laptop. He's got his desk. He's got like a little chair and they do this shot where you see both of their rooms and it's it's cute in a way because you got them both living in a sort of, um, it reminded me of like the Fallout game where everybody's room showed like a specific, like this, hers was the music room and his was the office. Yeah, slash. so it had a type of theme to it basically decked out. Mm-hmm. So he's sitting there with a beer and just working on, on his iMac, uh, editing a bunch of movies of old people dancing. 
and she finds this ridiculously endearing. Like, she goes in there, and she's just like, wow. Is it black and white footage, or is it, like... No, this is, like, people just dancing around what looks to either be a wedding, and then sometimes the locker facility itself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's kind of a strange uh, show in that way. Yeah. And it's definitely a meet-cute that we're watching happen. There's a lot of flirty banter at the beginning. Uh, he's But he's kind of our gateway to get exposition on her. Right. So they start talking, and she talks about how she's a failed singer because she had one bad experience, and now she has stage fright and has a really hard time writing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, super corny, but at the same time, you're just like, well, you know she can sing because she was just singing in the other room. Uh, After they start walking around the facility, and they enjoy the convenience machine, and... Convenience machine? Or what, what, what are they called? The things where you get food. Oh, yeah. Vending machines. Vending machine. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, they share a meal, and then they start playing Scrabble. And she her first word is mess. And I only say this because then he immediately does a full seven-letter word from that and wow. finishes his complete game. 50 and, points, yeah. Yeah. And then she gets a call and is called away and has to leave the storage facility, which for a while I was thinking was going to be the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you know how long that story Shildy went on for, the scene? It felt like a good amount of time. I was more just kind of entertained by how how far are they going to go with this? Like, <laughs> are they going to find another couple, like, somewhere? Um, so she gets called away to by her brother, who's autistic, and has left his apartment facility place where they... Uh, where he's living with a bunch of other special needs um, individuals. Man. But he's high functioning, you can tell, right off the bat. And he's escaped to a Broadway, like the outdoor um, street of the, what is the, oh, uh, Phantom of the Opera play, where he's on really, On Broadway? Yeah. They, they, one of the cool things about the show is that they, when they shoot New York, they're really shooting New York. That's cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so you get this outdoor Broadway thing where the person comes out and he's asking for her signature and she gives it to him and he's really happy about that. And then... Bess has to return Louis to his place of where he's living now, which he really doesn't like. And it's also showing her at, like, we. it becomes obvious that the show is trying to throw the bus at Bess yeah. and making it clear she's just bogged down with responsibilities from work to family. A lot family, of different obstacles. To yeah. music, to frequenting storage facilities. <laughs> so when they get to Louis' apartment or his new place of life like they have this superintendent or the lady who's kind of in charge of making sure everything's going okay come in and talk to these other high functioning uh, autistic uh, kids yeah and they are pretty funny in their own right louis delivers one of the best lines because of his autism he doesn't really understand sarcasm or, or he doesn't he just takes everything so literally so when the lady says tomorrow is going to be a new day as in it's okay that you left today. Let's try to make it better tomorrow. Uh, Louis responds with no joke in his voice, just being like, that's obvious. Like, yeah, tomorrow's going to be a new day. And it was, it was just funny the way they... Was were it able. like, was it deadpan? Yeah, but again, I don't think it was supposed to be. Like, be yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we kind of have him guilt his sister into staying there for a while because you can tell Bess has other things to be doing and he makes her stay there and sing Broadway tunes with him and, and not to the rest of the crowd's yeah. Like, liking. Yeah. She finally gets back to her place. She's living with a, with a roommate named Prisha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's just returning from a date with this guy named Ruby. 
who she was set up with by her from her parents who are very oh, Indian okay. yeah. and really want her to marry this dude or something. So, yeah. And Ruby seems like a nice dude, but from the get-go, he's like, I'm down to hang. And she's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm kind of busy. And is, he's, is he kind of like the dumb character? Like yeah, he's a little dumb, but he's, tone, he's deaf. A, tone deaf is a good way of putting it. He's a science, an environmental science lawyer. Um, <laughs> and she drags uh, Bess into the other room to basically be like, he says anyways every other second. Like, why say anyways? It's anyway. <laughs> and then you get a cut back to him at the door and he's just like, so, uh, am I staying or? <laughs> yeah. So that was a funny introduction to him. Prisha basically also tells Bess that she is her own worst enemy and she, all she needs to do is break out and do her own thing and she'll be okay. Then we get a bunch of scenes of Bess doing more work and she is overworked. She does too many jobs because she's at a nursing home teaching people how to sing. She's teaching more kids. She's doing more dog walking and she's dog walking at all hours of the day, wow. even the night. And she's also writing her own music. And then we find out that she's also bartending. And that's the <laughs> one where it's also, uh, that's where this, the show kind of takes a good turn for me yeah. because that scene is incredibly awkward, but- It's I, supposed to be, I assume. Yeah, but it works to the show's advantage. Um, her greatest fear at this point is to become a bench warmer, which is that she's always right. Yeah. She's never gonna like yeah go as a out musician. there yeah. as a musician. Never gonna go on stage again and make her way in the arts. Yeah, yeah. So Ethan shows up at the bar that she's working at, the guy from earlier. Yeah, and the lead singer of the band that was just about to play comes out and yells at her other bandmate. I guess, or her partner, I'm not sure which it was, about him getting head in the restroom. Okay. <laughs> so, so, and she qu immediately quits the band, uh, and Benny, who's another waiter there, says, Jess, it's, you, you can, it's your time. Sorry, not Jess, Bess. Bess you can do yeah, it. It's yeah. your time, yeah. And uh, Bess wants to impress Ethan, so she pushes to go on as well. Al, the owner, is not having it. He's like, no, I don't want things to go wrong. And uh, there's a very, it's very busy right now, yeah. so I can't afford that. And Bess just completely ignores him, runs around him, gets on stage, where this guy, this guy lets her use his guitar, and is like very supportive and says, "Take a second, you're gonna do fine." Breathe, yeah. Yeah, and so she gets up there, and we've dealt with a good thirty minutes of the show, kind of beating up on Bess as a character. So this is her moment, and her taking it in stride and just showing that she can. And so you're expecting her to sing and do well. You're what you're not expecting her is for her to start talking first, and she starts off by saying, "No idea my night would be changed by a blowjob in the bathroom," and then like silence. Oh. And then she was like, "Not not that I was in the bathroom." <laughs> Well, I was in there <laughs> refilling the soap. Why would you? Um, why would you even say? And then she like, yeah. Then Al takes a shot, <laughs> like in the back. <laughs> Benny gives like a supportive clap, and she's like, "Thank you, sir, uh, for the clap." Not the clap. That's oh, wow. what my mom used to call it. Anyways, I don't have an STD. <laughs> how could I have? How could I have it if I haven't had sex in forever? <laughs> Uh, and then at this point, both Benny and Al are yeah, taking shots in the background. Just... Yeah. And so she says anyways a ton, which I think is like uh, yeah, a callback. callback it's yeah. pretty funny to, because they never exactly present it that way, but, or they never like state it that that was the joke. Right. Um, 
So she's right about to finally get to the piano and play her music, and her phone rings <laughs> on stage. She has to ignore it. It's Louie, so something's going on with him. And when she starts singing, it's like, okay, she's singing, but she's not getting the head nods that she's expecting. Yeah. So she gets nervous, and she stops, and she starts over again. Mm. And it's like the Eddie. <laughs> oh, is that like yeah, the Eddie? Yeah, well, in the Eddie, the main character, like, he is known as a great musician but he hasn't performed in forever so like he does like at the very end start to play and then has to stop and restart again kind of so but does the crowd eventually like find out that he's yeah good? but eventually he ends up like singing and everyone's like oh, yeah hey. and that's what i expected but this it was like every time that was supposed to happen it just got more awkward and in a way funny until she just completely gives up she Oh wow, that's yeah. Sad. It's yeah. She, she she messes up so much. She has to go off stage, and she fires herself. She goes up to Al, and she's like, "You don't even have to say anything. I'm fired." And then she just like walks away from Al, and he doesn't stop her. So I assume that's yeah, what that's, happened. Yeah. And then Ethan's girlfriend shows up. So. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah. This her day has not gone particularly well. Is that well. where is that where it ends? No. Then she goes to the subway, and the subway you can tell is definitely shot in New York and not on a set, which you kind of get annoyed at like really clean subway shot on sets because yeah. you're like, eh, the Jessica Jones thing, it may be real, but mm, yeah. it doesn't look that real. Uh, this was shot on a real subway. Her dad is apparently an acapella group singer and he sings in the subways and she joins him. And he is just a dispensary of great wisdom and great quotes. <laughs> Cause he says stuff like, she's like, I've seen all these violinists, piano players, drummers. Like I saw this violinist playing effortlessly in the park. And we had seen that earlier. And his, her dad was like, you know how much effort goes into being effortless? And it was like, yeah, that's a good quote. Um, and so then he kind of convinces her that she should just buck up and that she can do it. And she goes back to the storage facility to go practice some more. <laughs> and that's where we leave the episode. Yeah, this has been can, uh, called a dramedy. And I think just from what you've been saying, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good description of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's supposed to be 10 episodes in the first season. Do you think that it like has enough of like a drive for that yeah i thought it might be based on like loosely on someone's own life yeah, i don't know it is it um, is okay yeah they are a grammy winner i believe and um their name is sarah bear bear i think i'm butchering that name but they are a singer they're a musician and it's like you said loosely based on their life as a 20 year old trying to make it into the music industry the show had a very interesting like conception because Barrelias met J.J. Abrams at an event. I was going to say, so Bad Robot pops up at the end of it. Yeah. And I was like, how is J.J. Well, Abrams part of this? I want to ask because there are three production companies that uh, apparently were working on this show. Uh, Dear Hope Productions, Bad Robot Productions, Warner Brothers, and then of course it's being aired on Apple TV+. And I want to ask, like, with all that money, I'm assuming this had a budget to it, right? Uh, yeah, uh, again, it was shot in New York, and you could tell that they have to reserve those locations, and they were getting, like, the real places in New York. Like, you don't usually see the walk up to Broadway. In a lot of television shows, you'll just see a random street corner. Yeah, and then they'll, like, try to make it seem and like And you it. get a lot of Central Park and uh, the underpass before that fountain that's really famous. They yeah. had that in the first episode. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, I thought that they did a really good job with, the background 
and it, it felt real. And that, so. yeah, and so the cool thing about, yeah, the cool thing about the J.J. Abrams story is that he made Barry Elias, like, have a meeting with him, and then he, he was, like, really entranced with just, like, her and her story, so they decided to make a TV show based on it, and then they got Jesse Nielsen, who Sarah Barrias worked on a musical on Broadway called Waitress. Um, he is like a uh, filmmaker, and then they used some pre-existing songs and fit uh, the songs into the episode, and then they called it Little Voice because one of her albums was her sophomore album, which was called Little Voice, so I thought of that was pretty cool. Um, when I was watching the Eddie, not to bring it back to this, uh, the bar seemed kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but like glittery, kind of, like a lot of dark tones, but a lot of lights. Is that kind of how what it was like um, with Little Voice? It was very red, and red and dark tones. Um, it was filled, as I said. There were a lot of people in there, more than I would expect in a nightclub. I know that one of the main um, things of the show was they wanted to put New York in a good light, especially ever since the coronavirus is kind of hitting everything. Yeah, so I think they did that mostly by the amount of music musicians they showed just randomly placed throughout everywhere. And I know from walking in New York that that can happen. Yeah, they're everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, but I'm not kidding when I said there was like, there's a woman mariachi band that was just randomly playing that she stops (laughs) to listen to. And I wasn't sure, but her roommate might be one of the singers to that. Um, And then there was the acapella group that her dad was part of. There was a, just a random piano player, but like with a giant grand piano mm-hmm. sitting in the city, just playing it at nighttime. I think I think that the uh, so it was beautiful in the way. Yeah, yeah. I think that the roommate was part of that because the roommate's interested in guitar, and that leads me to my second question. Because I was reading about the show, and it seems like Bess is obviously the overworked heroine. You have um, Prisha, who's interested in guitar, but she's kind of the musical and just roommate. And then you have Ethan, who's the obnoxious love interest. I was going to say, he isn't the most endearing of people to watch as far as a love interest. He is obnoxious in his own way. He went kind of above and beyond to kind of ignore her because she didn't respond to the extension cord request very nicely. She ended up giving him the extension cord, and he didn't need it. Like, you could see everything in his little dorm setup in his storage (laughs) locker was was working and it had power and it was really annoying that like he didn't seem to need it he might have just been asking for it to introduce himself but at the same time it's it's not something that you don't pick up after a while yeah so was he unlikable or was he just like not very not i mean he's he's supposed to be likable for the show he wasn't like i hated the guy or anything but he definitely has room to improve over the next few Plus the whole old couple just watching them dance, I still don't understand that. Well, I was going to ask, with all those characters kind of in mind, um, are the characters compelling or are they they are they stereotypical? Because I couldn't really tell from reading. I mean, this is a different show than I think I've watched throughout all of these that we've done. And I wouldn't be adverse to like watching more of it just to figure out where it's going and see her actually become successful. So, but I couldn't really compare it to too much. You, when you said the Eddie, it sounded like it could be partly, partly like the Eddie. And the show has uh, been kind of praised for its representation of special needs people, also race, ethnicity, age, and sexual orientations, those type of different things in the okay. show. So. so the special needs people, I think they did a good job casting them because they were, you could tell, smart people and that they, um, the, the funny things were not anything directed towards their their yeah, difficulties the, yeah. or anything it was more just their um 
lack of sense of humor almost and like how serious they get about some things and and it was pretty cool to see her brother um being used as a plot device to take away from his sister like he wasn't being used as a prop piece for her to it be was like just, oh yeah. she's such a great person no, for taking like an actual it was like she actually has to responsibly take care of uh, her family or else she's going to feel really guilty about her life. Now, the show has gotten a lot of praise for its heart, um, but some, but a lot of reviewers say that it's kind of too earnest. Vulture compared the show in terms of its format to This Is Us. Is that like a fair comparison, would you say? Or The heart behind it? Yeah. Sure. And so the show has a 6.8 on IMDb with 93 reviews and 77% on Rotten Tomatoes with 22 reviews, with a lot of um, people saying that they like the show, but they feel like it could also dive in a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. to what artists really grapple with every day. Uh, Some reviews actually weren't too nice to the main character. Um, They say that O'Grady has, like, her own little quirks, but that she doesn't capture enough charisma that goes with the performance that, like, they're kind of hoping for. I think her worst acting was probably at the storage facility when Ethan first interrupted her. She kind of gave a Disney response because he banged on the door and she was she got very flustered very fast. Like, "Oh my god." Like, <laughs> it was it was too abrupt, I think of a of a response. But besides that, I thought that the scene in the bar was fine. Yeah. Well, very awkward to watch. The Ethan guy actually surprised me with how much he's been in because he starred in a lot of TV shows. He um, was in Skins season six and seven, it looked like, as Nick. He was in The Gifted, which was that Marvel TV show. Um, He was the third name in that. Oh, I think I know who he played in that. I think he was one of the people with superpowers. Well, yeah, I mean, it's The Gifted. Yeah, but there was a bunch of people who were against the people with superpowers, and there were, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he did a, as I said, he could do better. (laughs) Yeah, and there weren't that many characters to have to keep track of, which was really nice for a pilot. It didn't go overboard trying to introduce you with, like, 50 people. Did you meet a character in the episode named Sam? Because Sam is a love triangle that... uh, No, that must develop later, I assume so. But, yeah, check it out if you're interested in music, if you like the the whole vibe of New York in general. And if you want to hear her dad dispense a bunch of wisdom on the spot, like everybody knows how it feels not to be who you want to be yet. Can't go around it. You got to go through it. Like he was just, he he was a smart dude. Yeah. The first, the first three episodes are out and then I think they're going to drop new episodes weekly. That's what they usually do with the Apple. yeah. 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 All right. So check it out. This was today's episode. If you have any questions, Leave them in the comments below. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.